Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Market Week in Review for the week ended October 1st, 2021. I'm your host, Beijing Lin, and today I have the privilege of being joined by my colleague, Shay Shatria, to help give us some insight into this week's market events. Shay, how are you doing? Doing well. How are you, Beijing? I'm doing well as well. This week has certainly been an incredibly busy week for the markets, with everything from a potential threat of a government shutdown all the way to the German election. So I was wondering if you could get your insight on a range of events. So why don't we get started by focusing on the domestic situation here in the U.S. This week we almost saw a government shutdown, which was thankfully averted. But now we are still seeing some other issues. We're faced with the possibility that the U.S. might not raise the debt ceiling, and we're also seeing some contentious situations going on in Washington with respect to the infrastructure bill. So, could you tell us a little bit more about what's going on and what your take of the situation is? Yeah, no, that's a great setup, Beijan, because those are the sort of the three watch points that we were. Uh, keeping an eye on coming into the week, and I guess you could say we're sort of one for three, as you kind of noted. Uh, noted, um, Congress was able to pass legislation to fund the government through December third and avert a shutdown. However, brinksmanship is on display in Washington and is delaying the other initiatives. So, on as it relates to the bipartisan infrastructure bill. The vote was supposed to take place yesterday, but has been delayed to today,、uh, Friday, as House Speaker Nancy Pelosi likely didn't have the required votes from her party to successfully pass the bill. Now, progressive Democrats are linking the approval of the infrastructure bill、uh, with an agreement on the broader social and climate、uh, spending package as part of Pre- President Biden's broader economic agenda. The disagreement is on the size、uh, of, of the package itself. So moderate Democrats, like Senator、uh, Manchin from、uh, West Virginia, want to scale the scope from the proposed three and a half trillion to something closer to around one and a half trillion. Now lawmakers are, as we speak, working on reconciling their differences on the larger spending package so that the House can put to vote、uh, the bipartisan infrastructure bill. Which the Senate has already approved, and that vote may still take place today. So clearly, this is a story that we'll be keeping an eye on as the day progresses.、Um, and you know, once those issues are resolved, and hopefully they are soon enough,、uh, then Congress can turn their focus onto the debt ceiling. Now, according to Treasury Secretary、uh, Janet Yellen, the Treasury has until October 18th. Or thereabouts, after which the nation would be at risk of defaulting. But as we discussed last week, the risk of a default on the nation's debt is clearly not in any party's or anyone's、uh, best interest. So, therefore, we do believe that this eventually resolves, perhaps at the last minute, as things are being done now in Washington and with a lot, a lot of drama. But hopefully, we find a resolution on that front soon enough. Yes, hopefully things get resolved. And today, the two major ratings agencies, S and P and Fitch, both came out and said that they thought the event of a default would be an unlikely situation. So hopefully everything does work itself out. I want to shift gears a little bit now and turn our attention toward the subject of treasury yields. And as I'm sure you've noticed, treasury yields have been climbing not just in the U.S. but across the world. We saw the U.S. ten-year treasury yield. Hit around 1.5 percent recently. So I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about some of the factors that have caused this uptick in the Treasury yield. Yeah, it's been quite uh, quite a、um, volatile environment in 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 bond land.、Uh, that's for sure. And 
you know, the big moves in treasury yields, it's it's really not just this week, but what we've seen over the last couple of weeks. So the U.S. Uh, 10-year yield uh, this week jumped from it was about 1.46 uh, to start the week to around 1.55. And if we recall, you know, last week it was at around 1.3%. So clearly a big jump over the last couple of uh, weeks. And there are a few uh, considerations that could be contributing um, to this. So for one, um, some of the move up is probably just a continuation of last week's hawkish Fed meeting. Um, you know, where they were messaging a quicker pace of tapering and potentially that has implications for, of course, for the timing of the uh, first rate increase. So that is probably playing into uh, the bond market narrative this week. In addition to that, another factor is is probably the strength in energy prices, oil, but also, and more specifically, um, over the last uh, couple of weeks has been the rise in natural gas and coal prices, which have spiked um, due to the supply demand imbalances that we've seen um, in China and across Europe. And that's likely weighing on, that that has been weighing on higher higher energy prices. However, what's interesting is if we kind of observe just market-based measures for inflation expectations, they haven't risen commensurately with the rise in in, in some of these underlying um, energy indices. So for the moment, it's less about higher energy feeding into higher inflation expectations and therefore higher yields. But that transmission can be an influence and remains a watch point. Um, And I think maybe the other uh, point just worth noting out is just that, you know, the Delta, the Delta wave, right? Um, And and, and what seems to be occurring is that we've, in a sense, passed the worst of the Delta wave, and, you know, that might be behind us. And as that fades, growth trends will, will start to stabilize. You have to keep in mind that there was a bit of concerns about growth trends slowing, not only in the U.S., but globally as, as the Delta wave was, you know, strengthening. And now that it's weakening, therefore, that could help to stabilize uh, growth. And that would uh, suggest that yields uh, would be moving higher, which would be a reflection of st- stable to improving uh, growth outlook. So there's probably a few of these reasons that are kind of playing into uh, the rise in yields that we've seen this week, Beijing. Right. And it's interesting you mentioned the Central Bank of the United States turning more hawkish. That's something we've seen globally as well. We're seeing that the Bank of England, for example, is also getting a bit hawkish. And some analysts are saying that they could have a rate hike in early 2022, which, of course, would raise the investors' expectations of future interest rates. And that is, as you mentioned, a key component of what goes into the 10-year Treasury yield. So thank you for your insight on that. And finally, I wanted to turn our attention to the German election. So we saw something pretty interesting that happened in the German election. No party won a majority, but now people are talking about something known as the traffic light coalition. Mm -hmm. Can you explain to our viewers what that means? Yeah, you know, it's been interesting because in in a sense, it's it's a historic election in, in Germany. So you know, what is it? After 16 years of leadership under uh, a- Angela Merkel and the conservatives, the nation will obviously be getting a new new chancellor. However, we'll have to wait a bit, bit longer um, as the coalitions, to your point, kind of sort themselves out. Um, the results now do indicate that the center-left uh, social democrats led by uh, Olaf Scholz will be uh, the largest party, uh, marginally beating out the conservatives uh, and its new party leader, uh, Armin, Armin uh, Lachey, who took over for uh, Chancellor Merkel. Still, the Social Democrats' uh, share uh, of the votes is not enough in and of itself to lead the country without a coalition, 
which gets us into you know what kind of coalition will be formed and 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 all the different descriptors for them. So the expectations are that uh, since the Social Democrats won the vote share, that they could build an alliance uh, with the Green Party as well as with the Liberal Free Democrats and that coalition. Beichan, to your point, is being referred to as the traffic light uh, coalition due to the respective colors of the party uh, itself. And it seems like that might be the most likely outcome. But there are two other scenarios that are also possible. Um, one is uh, what, what they're calling the Jamaica coalition. Again, it, the name is due to the color scheme of the parties, uh, which would be a combination of conservative, uh, the conservative uh, Christian Democrats, uh, the Greens, as well as the Liberals. Or finally, yet there's one other possibility, which would be the grand coalition of the Social Democrats and the Christian Democrats, which might be uh, the, the less likely uh, outcome. But I think the takeaway is that in, in either of these cases, um, and there wasn't um, a definitive reaction in the markets uh, as the outcome was broadly in line um, with expectations. And if anything, if the traffic light coalition, which at the moment seems like uh, the most uh, probable uh, outcome, it would be a bit more pro-European and potentially more open to fiscal uh, stimulus that would possibly be targeted more towards green energy infrastructure. And, you know, stimulus would, uh, of course, be positive for, for, for growth. Definitely a lot of things to keep our eyes on as we, we continue into the weeks ahead, both internationally as well as here in the U.S., well, Shay, we are out of time, but I wanted to thank you once again for stepping by to share your insight and expertise with all of us. And I want to thank all the viewers out there for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.